Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to do a little mid-season review. We're going to take a look back at some of the things that we thought in the preseason. And we will then make, make a couple predictions, changes, stick with what we got moving forward. We'll do a preview of, of week 10 in the NFL. And, and that's really going to be it. The other thing is we're going to put a nail in the coffin on this OBJ stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit because since the last time we were on, a lot has happened. Even though we are sports fans in general, we are Cleveland Browns fans first. I don't think we would be doing uh, ourselves any justice not to provide some insights on that. You ready to go? Let's do it. Before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Three and two last week. So we've had three consecutive weeks, or excuse me, three out of the last four weeks where we've done pretty well we're currently sitting at 21 22 and one for the season what do you got for me this week so you go ahead give me your picks i got four as usual we'll start with college i'm going over 56 and a half georgia at tennessee i expect georgia to play well score a lot of points Tennessee's been playing teams pretty close. Tennessee's not having a bad season. So I anticipate that to go over 56 and a half. I like Notre Dame minus five at Virginia. I really toyed with that Purdue plus 20 line at Ohio State. I don't anticipate Purdue is going to do anything. I just think they can lose by, you know, 17 points or whatever. So there's a little bonus pick, but my official Second college pick is Notre Dame minus five at Virginia. As we move into the NFL over, we're going overs this week, baby over 51 and a half Vikings at chargers. Vikings are giving up a lot of points. Chargers are giving up a lot of points. Both those teams are scoring a lot of points. I anticipate over 51 and a half there. And then we're going to continue to ride the Philly train or the opposite of the Philly train, because as we all know, anybody that listens to this podcast knows what I think about the Philadelphia Eagles, Denver minus two and a half at home against Philadelphia. What do you got? All right. Uh, give me the Detroit Lions plus nine at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You like Detroit plus nine. You know what? No, I, I don't. Told- I just don't like Pittsburgh. 
minus nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I toyed with that when Pittsburgh isn't scoring, isn't scoring a lot. That, that's another one I like. All right. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. You want to start? You want me to start? You go ahead. You're you're the you're the more level-headed person usually in this in this partnership. I'm going to be pretty level-headed, but you're you're usually pretty level level-headed down down the line. So why don't you go ahead and start and then if anything gets crazy it'll come out of my mouth. Not sure I've ever been described in that manner. Um well, it's just any- it's all it's all relative, right? <laughs> I'm a fucking lunatic. Okay. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, he, he the guy clearly wanted out. It, we we found out now that he's wanted out for some time. Um, you know, he he gave that weird interview shortly before the season, right after he was traded from from New York, that he felt lost and he felt like he was sent to Cleveland to die. Was a that was a direct quote from him. So he he clearly never fully embraced it. And to be honest with you, the the, the it just it just was an, it, a non fit. He just did not fit with baker he did not fit in the offense whether he not he he you know fully embraced that or not i'm not willing to discuss that i, I don't care at this point you know it just it was just a non-fit and he wanted out and um i think just to sum up i think he went about it a very shitty way i think he tried to do it in a way that was hands-off unlike the way he did in new york with um you know where he kind of set the whole place on fire beating up kicking nets and then you know, weeks later, proposing to the same kicking net, going uh, interviews with Lil Wayne, talking shit about Eli Manning. You know, this time, radio silence from him. You know, we get a post from his dad, which, come on, you know, that was at the direction of Odell Beckham Jr. was for his dad to put that out there. You get the tweets from the basketball players, the celebrities, free OBJ. And uh, uh, during all this... basketball players... You know, LeBron James, I think Damian Miller tweeted one. Uh, yeah, the big one's LeBron. It was fucking LeBron. LeBron was a big one, but he wasn't the only one. Ja Moran, I saw ja one did. was out there. Ja, ja did too, but, you know, LeBron almost did it immediately like it was choreographed. At the request, at the request of Odell Beckham Jr. Like, if, and if then on Sunday, happens- and then on Sunday, LeBron's back like, yo, Denzel Ward, blah, blah, blah. dude. I fucking love LeBron like a brother, like like a cousin, like a member of my family. You know that. But, dude, that was not a good look for him last week. Anyway, this is about Odell, not about LeBron. I have a problem with that. We talk shit about the Browns all week. And then on Sunday at one o'clock, we're ready to rock. So he could have stopped any of this at any moment. You know, Stefanski came out on Tuesday and said he hadn't heard from him at all. I'm sorry, on Wednesday at when they excused him from practice. And at that point, it was immediately clear. It was over. It you know he 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 hadn't been traded, but you knew that it was pretty much over. And um, I've heard it from from somebody that uh, you know he missed those first two games in hopes that he was going to be traded by then. You know, and once that didn't happen, he's like, "Well, I got to get out there because they couldn't trade him." I, I I believe that they I believe that they shopped him. They couldn't trade him. We saw that the Saints were the only team that called. Cleveland was going to have to pay the bulk of his salary to try and take back a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick for him. 
And look, in the end, they saved, I think, he had more than $7.25 million on his contract. They renegotiated it down to 7.25 as long as he doesn't get claimed by another team, which we now know he had not been claimed. He's passed through waivers. They end up saving almost $4 million or a little over $4 million in the whole ordeal. Um, and but, they voided the last two years of the contract. Yeah, so he he is, yeah. I, it doesn't matter because that contract's now void anyway since yeah. he, he did pass the waivers. And now he's free to sign wherever he wants. And it'll be the Packers. I, I, I said this on as soon as, as soon as it became clear that he was, he was leaving. My prediction was the Packers. I've got receipts and text messages from last Wednesday. But um, I, I'm pretty sure that's where he's going to end up. And, um, you know... I think he'll still be a good player. You know, he, he he's a type of player that does freelance a little bit. You know, we saw clearly on Sunday that that doesn't work for, for Baker Mayfield, but that does work for other guys in the league. Some, um, some guys are able to extend plays a little bit longer and don't have to rely on timing as much, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see. I, I think that's where he ends up, but um, you know, as far as Odell Beckham goes, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't wish him bad. I hope he does. Okay. I've actually got him on a fantasy team. You know, I'll, I'll take the points. I don't wish him bad. I just wish he would have handled it better, but I, I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows how um, he's a different kind of cat. And, you know, he doesn't always, you know, they just don't just, he just doesn't know how, how to, to go about it, his business. Like, 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 man, he, I mean, this is really immature the way he handled it. That's really my only beef with that. I, if you don't want to be here, you don't want to be here. Handle it better. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm not. But you were certainly, and I hate using you language because you weren't the only one, but you were part of the crew last year that was, don't tell me that the Browns are better without Odell Beckham and those kinds of things. You were also part of that crew. Not initially. I trust you. You led me astray. (laughs) I'm not blaming you. Look, I wanted... I wanted it to work. All right, so I'm going to say this. I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a good player. Do I think he's a top 10 wide receiver like Booger McFarland said on Monday Night Football? I don't. Do I think that he's better than the player that he has shown over the course of this season? Sure, absolutely. He's somewhere in between being, you know, the 150th, best PFF graded receiver in the NFL and being a top 10 wide receiver. He's probably somewhere in the top 30 or 40. I think he's going to go to a team. Now, the problem with Odell is he needs to be in like a perfect situation, right? Perfect quarterback, perfect offense, ability to do this. He He's not able to really adapt. And when he was at his best, the first three years in with the giants, he was like a volume guy. He was getting like double digit targets every single game hindsight you know we should have seen this coming after the final 11 games last year the media narrative was out there the browns are better without odell baker's better without odell we know that odell is listening and sees that and that probably put him in a mind state where he started requesting a trade in the offseason and certainly didn't appear to be committed to the team i'll say that If I had to place the blame somewhere, I think Odell's got a little bit of the blame. I would really probably put a lot of the blame at the feet of the organization. They knew they did a really good job of keeping it in-house, but they knew that he didn't want to be there. And I understand that, you know, 
you made the statement that like they couldn't trade him. They couldn't trade him for what they wanted in return, right? You very easily could have moved him for a sixth round draft pick in the offseason, right? Or something along those lines. We got out of this thing just in time. This really could have derailed the season, and it already has a little bit. I mean, going into the game last week, we were a 500 football team, and we lost to, you know, we should have beat Pittsburgh the week before, and there was clearly some, you know, that was right before everything blew up. Who knew what? Who knows what was going on there? So this thing was on the cusp of going off the rails. So they were able to get out of it in time, but I really, I love Andrew Barry. I love everything that he's done. Nobody is perfect. I'm probably going to put the, put this at his feet and say that, you know, he, this is, this is the one misstep he's had since he's been back with the organization. Having said all that, parents should never get involved at any level, peewee, middle school, high school, professional football. Kyrie's dad does that fucking bullshit all the time, and it's been a problem with organizations. Parents should never get involved. You're not doing your kids any service by challenging the coaches. The reality is this. Professional sports, sports in general, there's a hierarchy there. It's sort of, you know, militaristic in that sense where there's a structure, there's a hierarchy. You got to follow the chain of command. You got to do those kinds of things. Now, I've never been in the military, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what it's like to be in the military. But I, I think that Odell Beckham Sr. getting involved, it's not a good look for Odell. It's not a good look for Odell Sr., it almost makes him less attractive of an asset knowing that you potentially could run into those types of challenges in the future. And I don't think he did his son any justice because anybody who watches that tape and, and sees that Baker's the problem doesn't understand football and doesn't understand the way the Browns offense works and doesn't understand the way that Odell freelances. Now, am I going to sit here and say that every single one of those throws was Odell's fault and Baker didn't underthrow him or overthrow him at all? Certainly not, because we know that Baker's had issues with underthrows and overthrows. No quarterback is perfect. But I think that that tape in the big scheme of things for people who know, I don't think it tells the story that Odell's father wants it to. And I will say this, I think that the Browns organization post making the decision to send Odell home, I think they handled it very well. The players, the coaches, Kevin Stefanski, Baker especially, whether it's true or not, I think that you get the sense that the entire organization generally wishes Odell well. They they like him. They, they, they don't you know have any ill will towards him. They hope that he goes on and has a great career. I think behind closed doors, they're probably a little bit upset. I don't believe that locker rooms as divided as some would want you to believe. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Jarvis is a little torn. Uh, you know, I'm sure the receiving core is a little torn because it appears that guys like Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples Jones, he's he's done extra work with them and, and those kinds of things. But I think outside of that, I'm I'm just not sure that that that, that organization, that locker room. 
I just don't think they're going to miss Odell. Communication was clearly an issue. Odell with, with the quarterback, with Baker. Baker still hasn't talked to him. I know if my dad posted on social media that my coworker was not good at his job, I know the first thing I would do is probably call my boss and be like, yo, son's tripping. I I don't, I don't know what's going on. The fact that Odell didn't communicate with anybody in the organization, I think is a, I think it's a bad look as well. I think as a, as a man, as a professional, I think you need to step up to the plate. Now, granted the reason I think we realize the reason why he hasn't communicated with anybody is because he more than likely orchestrated the whole thing. I mean, Christ, he probably fucking edited the video himself for Christ's sakes. So I, I think communication was clearly an issue, and, and that's a, another bad look for the player. So I'll say this. You cannot force chemistry. I think us as fans wanted that chemistry to be forced. I think Odell and Baker wanted that chemistry to be forced. I, I think Stephen. I don't think this impacts Kevin Stefanski really at all. He's going to call the game the exact same way. They put players in positions based on the defense that's played. Dan Orlovsky did a great breakdown on NFL Live on Monday that really highlights it. It doesn't matter who's in that position. It's all a timing and rhythm offense that's dictated who the who the number one read is based on the defense, the way the defense is played. So you can't just put Odell in a position or Jarvis or, or anybody for that fact. So you can't force chemistry. And I think that's the one thing that we've really learned through this whole thing. Baker Mayfield's playing better. He's a better player without the mental challenge of Odell Beckham Jr. Again, I think Odell's a really good player. I, I really wished it would, I wish it would have worked. But Baker Mayfield's a better player without the mental challenge of Odell Beckham. And the Browns are a better team without the mental challenge of Odell Beckham Jr. And the last thing I'll say is this, and I know you probably want to get back into it. I think I saw you pull a pen out. We're taking notes over there for rebuttals here. But And I told you this when you called me uh, during the game on Sunday. I'm not going to take a victory lap after that 41-16 to win at Cincinnati. Really good win. Team needed it. Defense needed it. Baker needed it. Played a great game. I need to see more. Obviously, big challenge coming up this week on the road against against New England, and then, you know, we'll have a little bit of an off week against Detroit, and then, you know, the schedule starts to toughen up a little bit there with, with division games and things like that. So I need to see more and I'm not going to take a victory lap, but I think the early, early results show that, you know, the team has moved on and, and they're not worried. And if he does sign with Green Bay, which I fully expect, Merry Christmas, because we're going to Green Bay on fucking Christmas. So, you know, I think he'll be he'll be um, motivated to play well against us. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will be motivated to, to support that that initiative and get him the ball and force feed him the ball in those situations so he can ball out so i, I wish him well i hope he does well but that that's my take yeah i mean i don't have much to to, to push back on um I, t- I mean i totally agree it doesn't affect like the play calling at all like you said um i know i, I did see the uh i did see the dan orlovsky breakdown which was it was okay um i love orlovsky man he's fucking great i wish we could get him on the show sometimes in the playoffs, you're going to need a go-to guy. Now, we don't really have that, and that that's okay. I mean, we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna see what it looks like, but sometimes you have to have a guy like that. Odell is clearly not that guy for us. It just didn't it just did not work. You know, 
there's, let me there's, say one thing. I don't want to interrupt you. I only just, I just want to say one thing. The Giants won two Super Bowls with huge plays to David Tyree and Mario Manningham. Those are sure. not Hall of Fame wide receivers. Sure, sure. I don't disagree. I don't disagree that you can't do it without him. I'm just saying at some point, and, and look, <laughs> our go-to guy is Nick Chubb. I mean, I mean that, that's that's been apparent now, especially in games where where uh, where Beckham's not playing. You know, so I, I don't think it really impacts play calling at all. We're going to go about it business as usual. Guys are going to step up and he's, you know, he you were able to see that on Sunday and, and in those 11 games last year that he just goes through his reads. He's more decisive. You mentioned the, the just the mental, the men, whatever it is when he when he's on the field, like he does have this aura about him, which I think that those guys in the locker room, I do think that they'll miss him, but I think they'll miss him on a personal level. You know, we saw it like these are all big boys. They're all professionals. They're all playing for a check. They're not going to let it affect their play on the field, as you saw this Sunday. And I don't think that that was ever a problem or ever going to be a question. Um, the only thing I really want to push back on is I disagree with that, that it was a misstep uh, by Andrew Barry. I think that I figured you would. This is a player that he inherited coming off an ACL surgery. You're not you're not getting a sixth or seventh round pick for that guy. You're just you're not going to. You know, you hope you get him on the field. You hope that it works out with a guy like that. It, it just didn't. I think that you have to hold on as long as possible. And I, I agree with you. I mean, just in the nick of time here, we, we were able to get out of it. And, and look, he, he forced it to be that way. And um, maybe it's, it, it, it looks. It's, I mean, look, it's been one game, and we have we have the games from last year to go off of two. It seems to be more of a blessing than than like a, a bad thing here. You know, they they play better. I've never been a proponent of saying this team plays better with less good players. Like that just it just it's mind blowing. It doesn't make sense. And in this instance, it makes sense. It just it just does. You can't argue with the numbers anymore. You know, so I'll leave it at that. I'll take the L there or, or whatever you want to call it. But I think that Andrew Barry handled it, and I definitely agree that the players and the, you know the rest of the organization handled it the way you know, very professionally in those, those post or those press conferences last week. But um, I think Andrew Barry handled it the correct way too. He was able to save us $4 million, which we saw has, has immediately already gone to work into Wyatt Teller's extension. I would rather have that $4 million than have to pay the $8 million left on his contract and have a six round pick. You know, he's got a good, pretty, pretty good track record so far with those late round picks, but that stuff tends to even out uh, the longer you go. So I'd much rather have what we had than, than a six round pick. Final thought. I've seen a lot of comparisons, stats side by side to Randy Moss's time in Oakland. And then when he went to New England, obviously he, you know, set records and the Patriots went undefeated and all that. More likely, Odell's on the downslope of his career, not the player that he used to be. Injuries have started to catch up, or he returns to the form a la Randy Moss is a Pro Bowl player, double-digit touchdowns, those kind of things. Which one do you think is more likely? Can I give some nuance here? Uh, one, sure. he was he was never like a Randy Moss type, so I don't want to, you know, and I don't think that you were saying that. No. I just want to clarify I was just, that. Yeah. Th- th- you're seeing that comparison. Sure, sure, and I think that's uh, okay. But, um, yeah, I think, look, we all saw the video. The guy gets open. He's still really good. I don't think that he is like he was in New York. You know, I I think he he just can't be. He's 29. He's had a couple surgeries now. You know, he played through the shoulder injuries, too. Like, like he still has a fucked up shoulder. And he damn sure wasn't going on IR because he knew if he was doing that, 
he wasn't getting out of Cleveland. So he he was he did everything he could to make sure that he stayed off IR so that he could get out of town. But I think that he's I think you know I think you said top thirty or forty. I think he's top twenty. I think he's right in that twenty to thirty range at at worst. The video was it was made. I mean, like the guy guy could still get open. You know, he just does it on his own terms a little bit. And I think with um, you know, no disrespect at all to Baker, but you know, if he signs with like a Seattle or a Green Bay, like those guys are just better. And I think that he'll have a shot to uh, to do some of those things. And and I, and also if he goes to Green Bay, he's going to have a receiver that's better than him on the other side of the field. You know, I, I'm not sure that he's played much in many offenses where he's been the second best wide receiver. So, you know, they're not, they're not going to shade coverage his side. It's still going to be the Devontae Adams show, which is going to make his life a lot easier. So I think that he, he probably leans closer to that, that top 20 ish wide receiver for me. I think you see a lot of support for Odell on social media because the people that are giving him support, hope that he goes to their team. I'm really interested to see what the narrative is next week the reports are already come out that he's going to take his time and decide you know he's leaning i heard seattle yesterday i heard green bay today uh later today after i got home from work i heard he's going to take his time so we'll just see what I, i'm i'm not going to get into the prediction business i want him to bounce back and and be great i just don't know if he's that player anymore i i, I don't so i'm going to say i'm going to lean towards the the other side where you know this is the player that he is now uh he's not that that highlight real player anymore he's not going to have that bounce back resurgence a la Randy Moss and and I'm going to lean lean towards that side and I'm really going to keep my eye on some of these people in the national media and just some of these yahoos on Twitter that are out there with the whole free OBJ stuff and you know I mean I get it like you want him to come to your team people are infatuated by his talent or the talent that he used to have or whatever you know I'm not I'm not sitting here and, and I'm not going to bash the guy but I think it's more likely that the player that he's been is is the player that he is than you see some some huge resurgence so any final thoughts no that's it let's get into our NFL midseason review biggest surprise who you got uh, I, I don't think there's a ton of surprises. I mean, we're seeing football kind of as usual, but I think the biggest, biggest surprise is just Arizona doing what they've been able to do. They've had some issues with coaching. You know, we know Cliff is not the greatest coach. He misses a game. Doesn't matter. They win. You know, Kyler Murray it misses a game last week. Colt McCoy comes in and they just roll over a division opponent. No to Andre Hopkins either. Yeah, I mean, they have 122 plus or a plus 122 point differential, which is now the best in the league. Where the fuck was that Colt McCoy eight years ago? No shit. No shit. They're in what we've been calling the toughest division in football all year, and they're dominating it. They, they're, let's see, they're 3-0 and in the division. I mean, I, I don't know what else you can say about them. I mean, Kyler Murray is still in the top three for that EPA CPOE. I mean, they're just balling. They're, they're balling. The defense looks good. They did lose J.J. Watt for the year. Didn't seem to have any kind of effect at all on on Sunday. I mean, it's just whoever it is, they, they're just man up, the next man up, and they're plugging them in. And I think that it's really impressive. I don't know if they're the best team in the NFL, but I am. I am really impressed by what they've been able to do. And it's not just Kyler Murray; it, it's an entire team effort there. So I'm I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, it's it's Arizona. I mean, they have the best record in the NFL at the halfway point. I envisioned improvement. I think we both did, uh, but I didn't see eight and one at the halfway point. 
Kyler's an MVP candidate. I think you and I have both been hesitant to get on that Kyler Murray bandwagon. Now he's got an ankle thing and he's starting to get banged up a little bit, which we saw last year in the second half of the season, they played much better in the first half than they did in the second half. So it's certainly something to keep an eye on. But I think at this point right now, I think it's safe to say that Kyler's an MVP candidate. Now I still don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I'm getting there. Maybe I'm getting closer to, Maybe he's good, then this guy is garbage and, and we'll be back coaching Oklahoma State or something, Texas Tech, TCU, whatever. I'm closer to he's he's an NFL coach than he's going to be back in college shortly, but I still don't trust him. But, yeah, it's it's absolutely Arizona. Biggest disappointment. Um, I think pretty much all the teams that we thought were going to be good have, have been good, maybe with, with save, save for one here that I'm going to talk about. And I think it's, it's Miami. For me, it's Miami. They're at the end of this rebuild. That they don't have, you know, any of their picks, and they don't really. They have nothing to show for it. They're they're two and seven. They won this past week, seventeen to nine over the Texans, and it did, did like it was one of those classic Browns games where nine, nine turnovers. It's one of those classic. Remember these old Browns games where it's you starting midway through the season. The season's already lost. You know it's over. And like you're just trying to lose games to get a good draft pick, and like you win a shitty ass game that doesn't even make you feel good, and it's like fuck, you know. I think that that they're at this point now, and their whole rebuild is over now. That the quarterback is not very good, you know. They they clearly don't don't like him. I mean, they were in in no. trades talks for uh, to trade for a guy that you know. Don't even just say Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and so, so yeah. And um, let's see, two is 23rd in the EPA CPOE. They're just, it, it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess over there. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I ended up having them in my, let me, let me see. I, I did. I had, I, I picked them as my seven seed and they're not, they're not even gonna be close. So I, I, and their pick is going to Philly. Like right now, I think it's like the number four overall pick. So it's just, it's just all bad there. And, you know, they, maybe they do trade for it for Watson in the off season and, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're going to trade for him, but you know, who knows? You know, it, it's just it's ugly there. They're at the end of a rebuild, and it's like nothing to show for it. Sitting at two and seven, that's that's a pretty shitty feeling. I think Miami's certainly a candidate. I think that Washington is certainly a candidate, especially their defense. But I'm going to go with a different team. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're five and four. They could easily be three and six. The Giants and the Browns just gave. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You could do that. We could easily be. They could easily be fucking six and two. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is in my eyes. You could do this with every team. You every single team. Kansas City is five and four. They could easily be three and six. They, the Giants and the Browns both gave away games to them at the end. This is a team that's built on offense, and their offense clearly isn't what it used to be. I know that you have these advanced metrics that say differently, but I watch the games. I watch them. Their offense just isn't as dynamic as it used to be. And the third point, maybe the most important point, Meh, Holmes. I mean, he's not even Pat Mahomes anymore. He just we're from this point on. He's just Meh, 
Holmes. Sure, he's got 20 touchdowns, but this guy's a turnover machine. I'm just a little disappointed because right when right when I started to like come around on him, and maybe it's my fault, right? Maybe, maybe it's my fault. I don't know. Maybe I'm the, the kiss of death for him, but right when I started to come around on him, he turns into like this turnover machine. Just it's tough. So meh, Holmes. Look, all that, all that aside, I anticipate that they'll be around. Certainly in the playoffs. Uh, but they'll be they'll be there though. But they'll be there. Meh well, Holmes. Oh, but, he's, but, sure, he's only got 20 touchdowns. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> But they're definitely taking the hard road. Let's see what happens this week against against the Raiders. If they end up losing to the Raiders, you know, the season's probably probably over for them at this point. The only thing that's saving them, and I said this last week, is that nobody in the AFC wants to <laughs> wants to pull away with this thing. I think right now, Tennessee, <laughs> my Tennessee Titans are the number one seed in the AFC right now. So in three weeks ago, they were like a 500 team. So it's I don't know. So I, I think right now, in my opinion, Luke, in my opinion, the Kansas City Chiefs and their quarterback are the most disappointing team in the NFL. Any thoughts? No, I, I don't even need to say anything. Pat, Pat Mahomes will do it for me. Okay. So let's do some updates. We'll start with MVP. Who did you pick as your preseason MVP and are you changing it? I picked um, Tom Brady. Yeah, so I'm sticking with that. So I'm changing my pick from Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. You know, Aaron Rodgers missed the game last week, and even if he threw like 70 touchdowns, I don't think <laughs> after the week he had last week, I'm not sure that he would he would get any media votes. So I'm changing my pick from Rodgers to Brady. Brady's second in yards. He's first in touchdowns. He's only got five interceptions through eight games. Matt Stafford had a shot, and I talked about him being a candidate even in the preseason leading up to our NFL uh, season preview show. But that outing, he lost himself any chance for the MVP in the first quarter on Mon- on Sunday Night Football. I mean, <laughs> those interceptions that he threw, especially the one in the end zone, that was like that was some of the worst shit I've I've ever seen in my life. So. You know, Matt Stafford, I, I hate it for you, but you're gone, buddy, and I'm changing my picks from Rodgers to Brady. Welcome. Oh. Welcome to the welcome to the right side. Oh, on the Tom Brady train. Did you just welcome me on there? I did. You're you're now who who picked it? Okay. Who picked it weeks ago? And now who's who's joining? Updated Super Bowl pick. Who was your preseason pick and who are you who are you sticking with it or are you changing out any of the teams? I had Casey over Green Bay. I mean, I don't even know what to make of the the AFC. (laughs) I mean, so many of these teams could come out of the AFC. It's a nightmare. I mean, I'll, I'll, shit, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams over, I don't know, um, Baltimore. It's not bad. So I had the Cleveland Browns over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to make, a change to that if that's okay with you yeah let's do it i'm picking the tampa bay buccaneers over the cleveland browns in the super bowl i don't trust anybody in the afc i think the afc is wide open the browns have an opportunity i talked about it right we've been talking about this 
since the preseason as well. They got a they got a stretch there of three weeks where they go Baltimore by week Baltimore and Baltimore has to play Pittsburgh in between there. I think that's going to shape really the entire AFC. I thought it in the preseason. I still think it now. I don't think Baltimore, you know, Baltimore is kind of on this run where they're getting down huge and they're able to come back. I think Lamar's amazing. I think he's a great player. You just can't do that in this league continuously. You're not going to be able to bounce back from double-digit deficits game after game after game, especially against a team like the Browns or even like the Steelers that are just when they get up on you by 17 points, they're just going to run the shit out of out of the football and they're going to maul you. They lost to Cincinnati. I think that's a very telling that is very telling for them. So even though I really like Baltimore and I talked last week about them being probably my favorite, I just I've seen too much bad football from them and I'm making a change and I'm switching it. I don't think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. That's next year. I think Tampa Bay goes back to back. They beat the Browns this year. I'm still I'm riding with it, baby. I'm riding with it. Fuck next it. Next year. Go Browns. Go Browns, there's, baby. There's always next year. This isn't the same situation. There is always next year. I think we might I think the Browns might even have a fucking bye. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. Only one team gets a bye now, right? Because there's seven. It's going to be tough with the way Tennessee's playing. My Tennessee Titans. All right. Any other thoughts for our midseason review? No, but I do. I do. Yes. I want to say uh, I want some love because uh, he's not going to win it. But I did pick uh, Mac Jones for the offensive rookie of the year. And if Jamar Chase wasn't the best wide receiver in the NFL, Mac Jones would have won that fucking award. Okay. Here's your flowers for picking the runner up. So I also said that Derrick Henry would be outside of the top 10 rushers, and that's going to happen. You're welcome. God, just, just kicking a guy when he's fucking. <laughs> you're, a, you're a fucking animal. All right, week 10. Let's preview next week in the NFL. What's the game or the games that you're looking forward to the most? Well, the game I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, it's now got some, uh, some COVID cloud on it, but... Um, it was the Browns and the Patriots. Um, wanted to see if that offense could keep rolling. Look, it's not exactly a plug-and-play offense when you're talking about the guy who's probably the best offensive player on the team uh, going to be out for the game. But we don't know he's going to be out. I don't think I don't think it's happened yet when a guy has got an early positive, an early in the week positive, and come back to play. He got that vacuum, baby. We're, I, I'm 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 optimistic. I, I tell I told you that when we were texting earlier today. I'm still optimistic. But. Um, yeah, other than that, it's not it's not really a great week. Divisional game on Sunday night with the Chiefs and the Raiders. Nothing really that that exciting, uh, especially the, the Chiefs offense has has declined in the last few weeks. Obviously, still, obviously, their numbers are still still in the top three in the league. I wish we had those same problems, but let's see here. That's that's about it. I mean, Vikings Chargers might be a shootout. I think that that one has the potential to be the best shootout. So. 80 an 80 point affair yeah all right i got two saints at titans my tennessee titans titans on a crazy run right now they beat the bills they beat the chiefs they beat the rams and they've you know really beat all those teams pretty convincingly 
I might have jumped off the bandwagon too early last week when we were doing our contender pretender. I said it was time for me to get off. I might have jumped off the bandwagon too early. Let's see. Derrick Henry going down was a little bit of a rallying rallying cry for them. You know, let's see what I'm intrigued by this new look offense with Ryan Tannehill, where he's kind of throwing the ball around and, and those kinds of things. We'll see. So I like the Saints at Titans matchup and then the Browns at the Patriots. All eyes are on Baker Mayfield. He made a lot of people look dumb last week. And the thing is, is all those people are going to double down on Baker Mayfield is the problem or Baker Mayfield's an average product, uh, an average quarterback, the Steve Smith's of the world, the Bart Scott's, Marcellus Wiley, Shannon Sharp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're all going to continue to double down on this. And he's just got to continue to perform every single week because as soon as he doesn't, it's going to be, see, I told you, it's a big test on the road. And they got the Lions next week, right? So, you know, Stefanski with the COVID stuff, with potential, you know, letdown game, knowing that you got this easy game next week. This is a really big test for this team. I think if they win it, that it catapults them into the trajectory that I've talked about throughout the course of the show. And, oh, not to mention, we could be getting Jeremiah Wusakormoa back this week. Kareem Hunt's getting there. I don't I don't know. I don't know if, if he's coming back this week. Probably not. I think Wu is a much better, certainly better, more likely than Hunt. But now with this COVID stuff, you know, maybe, maybe they try to get him back early. Let's see what happens. But this team has faced a lot of injuries early on in the season, both, both offensively, defensively, with the offensive line, with receivers, with the running backs, with everybody on defense, right, <laughs> on, on all three levels. So now that they're kind of starting to get healthy a little bit and they've been able to get over the injury bug, this is the time that you want to start getting healthy and be able to play games, win, get out of it with minimal injuries. So that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on moving forward. Sure. And the Patriots are like that. Uh, and, and AFC, it seems to be a new team every week. Um, it was it was the Bengals two weeks ago were the number one seed. They were the in yeah. vogue team. Everyone was hot on them. They've lost their own two since then. Now, Tennessee, they, they wear the belt two weeks in a row. The first team that's been able to kind of keep that crowd up at the top. So um and, you know, obviously the, the New England Patriots are not at the top of that list. They're, they're, uh, they're a little bit lower, sitting at five and four with a whole host of teams. But um, they're kind of that in vogue team. You know, I think uh, a couple weeks ago, Nate, last week, Nate Tice from the, the athletic football show put him as his number three team in the AFC. So everyone's kind of everyone's kind of falling in line here with this with this team. And they got a great defense. They got a pretty good running game themselves. And they're going to they're, they're going to make you line up and play football. So. Should be a good game. And the way Buffalo's playing, right? I mean, they're kind of in the they're kind of in it. They're kind of in it in that division. Sure, sure. But that I mean, I guess I guess it could go one of two ways here with Buffalo. I think that, that we could look back on week nine and just be like, what? They lost to the oh yeah, they fucking lost to the Jags six to nine. And no one will even like it'll be like, holy shit, what was that? Or, you know, maybe maybe there is something there, but I mean they're, they're still sitting at 117 plus plus 117 point differential. I mean, they're still really good. I, I, I just, I think it's just one of those things. I was looking at new England's team stats. They're kind of Cleveland light. 
Like they're kind of a light version of the Browns with no real stars on the perimeter. Obviously we got Jarvis, but no real stars on the perimeter. They like to run. That's not a star. That's not a star. (laughs) I I don't even know what to say to you, man. Like you you, did the, the battles that you picked with me, um, you know, Jarvis, whatever. Okay. Let's move to the pick them. Week. He's gone for under 50 yards like four times as often. He's gone for, for 100. Week 10. We love you, One Juice. time since 2019. That was against the Jags missing their four top DBs. We love you, Juice. Come on the show anytime. It'll just be me and you. I won't invite Luke. NFL pick them. Week 10. We both went three and two last week. I am at 15 and 15. Luke is at 16 and 14. I've said this a couple weeks in a row. This is the week when we come on here next week i will be in the lead are you ready yes browns at patriots patriots minus one i talked about how that line has moved obviously you know the challenges who do you like i'm gonna take the patriots cleveland browns love it already saints at titans titans minus three i'm gonna take the saints titans Vikings at Chargers, Chargers minus two and a half. Chargers looked really average against the Eagles, even though they won. I'm going to take the Chargers. Vikings, Eagles at Broncos, Broncos minus two and a half. I'll take the Broncos. All right. That's I got the Broncos. Chiefs at Raiders, Raiders plus two and a half. I'll take the Chiefs. I got the Raiders. We got four differences. It's going to be a big gap next week. The boy's going to be up three. The boy is going to be up three. All right. So one last thing here before we wrap up. No college football this week. I just want to give a shout out to the seven and four Cleveland Cavaliers. Tied for the lead in the Central Division with the Chicago Bulls. Big win Sunday night. In New York on the heels of a 37-point Ricky Rubio performance, 8-9 from three. First player to come off the bench in NBA history and score 37 and hit that many threes and all that. Jared Allen named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. First Cavs player since LeBron in 2018 to be named Conference Player of the Week. He averaged 21 points, 16 rebounds, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks. Teams balling. They're fun. Obviously, Maybe not, obviously. Colin Sexton tore his meniscus. First sign of adversity for this young team. He's going to be out for a while. But uh, this Cavs team is really fun. I haven't been watching them enough. I'm going to definitely start, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but this Cavs team is balling, and they're fun to watch, and the young players are really starting to play. And obviously, Evan Mobley, is he's a star, so. Superstar. Well, it's, you know, let's not after seven or excuse me. After, superstar. After 11 games, I don't think. Superstar. Already leads the league in uh, shots contested. Jared out yeah. number two on that list. Don't forget at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, follow, and subscribe. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. 
We are also available on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only BetOnline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Shout out that unicorn Evan Mobley, superstar. Somebody suck me. Go Browns. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.